and supernatural worlds that surround us. Here we delve into those topics that challenge us to think outside the limitations of realism, where we test the boundaries of imagination and are forced to think outside the confines and restrictions of what is normal. We are the creators, the writers, the artists, and the insane. Welcome to our Weird Realities. Happy Monday, Alan. How are you? Happy Monday to you. I'm doing good. I got the day off, so I'm really happy. Well, that's, that's pretty great. So, I was thinking, you know, we've been at this a little over a year now, partnered together, and it seems like it's been forever, and then it seems like it, in a blink of an eye, here we are. <laughs> so, what do you think about the last year? I think it's been crazy. It's been uh, uh, different. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the three of you make my Thursday nights great. You know, I really like working on watch, watching weird with yeah. God and you, you know, that's a, that's a lot of fun. And the interaction with everybody that joins us is, is great. It is. It, it is definitely a highlight. I love to talk movies and geek out over stuff with y'all. It's so much fun. And Y'all have enlightened me to some movies that I can honestly say I never would have watched otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good or bad? Well, yeah, both. both. Right? both. <laughs> no, it's it's been great. It's um, I really like working on watching weird. Um, we get more participation than I thought we'd ever have, and I, know. I, I think it's great. And there's just a big shout out and thank you to everybody that tunes in and and joins in in the conversation. It's a lot of fun. It's hot in here. I, I'm in my garage office now. I've had to move my office uh, four times since we moved into this five-bedroom house. And now I have a spot in the garage. <laughs> but I guess I have a spot, so I... <laughs> well, have y'all... Um, are y'all making a, I guess, a nursery out of one of the bedrooms? Yes. Yes. One of the, one of the bedrooms is going to be... Nursery getting... for Ollie. We're going to find out tomorrow what the sex is of the baby, so we're all thrilled. So what do you think? I want it to, I like it to be a girl. I really do. Cause I think that'd be a lot of fun, but everybody has feelings. It's going to be a boy, which is great. I mean, you know, I, I'll have two grandsons and that, that'd be awesome. So, so no complaints either way, no complaints either way, but we want a granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> They're like little dolls. You just dress them up. Well, that's what my wife is hoping. That's what Tina's hoping is. To, <laughs> she does. She dressed our daughter up. Whitney and she wants to keep doing that. <laughs> Whitney looks like a little doll. She's just precious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'll just brag one a uh, little bit here. When she was a baby, people thought she was a China doll because of her skin color and her hair. She had all this hair. She had adult hair because of her the disease she has. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, Whitney. And it she got just she had adult hair at a kid's age. So wow. Always good looking kids. Very fortunate. But well, your wife is gorgeous. So, oh, well, thank you. I think so. Yeah. You're not but, too bad yourself. I hear you got a fan <laughs> following amongst the ladies. Uh, I just, as long as I have the one lady following me that lives in <laughs> I'm, that's great. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> uh, you know what is weird, though, is uh, uh, zombie, you know, writing zombie fiction, you, fan, you find there's a big female fan base which really surprised me 
I didn't know that. Why you do know? you think that is? I have, I don't have a clue. I mean, my Tina watched zombie movies with me, and she likes some of them. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I never expected that. I, it's, it's cool. It's great, you know, because I think women read more than men do. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's how I feel. That's what the demographics say. Um, but I've, I know a lot of men that read, but um, yeah. a lot of a lot of military guys read because they travel so much. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I've always been a reader since I was a kid. So, but it, it's just weird. It's just it's just strange. You don't think that, and but it's strange in a cool way. You know, I really appreciate it, and, and for my books, you know, and um, it's just I I wouldn't think that. You know, I think it. I guess being sexist, but I'm. I just wouldn't think zombies would be an area. Well, know. no, I mean, I can see that. I, I can see why you would think that. Um, and it, it surprises me, too, even as a woman. And I read zombie books, but it's, I think I told you, like, ever since the pandemic happened, I've kind of, it's, <laughs> I've kind of lost my taste for zombies. You know, it's like it just became too real. And you were, you kept wondering, well, I got that vaccination. What's six months down the road going to look like? <laughs> <laughs> I, they're going to press the remote and, you're going to do their bidding, whatever they want. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, I think I'm not, I'm not going to get political, but with the economy and stuff, there's been a great downturn, I think in book sales for everybody. And it, to me, eBooks are, are, you know, um, it's not like when I would go to the store and get a paperback for, you know, ten bucks. Yeah. You, know, you can get an ebook for what one ninety nine, ninety nine cents, two ninety nine. I don't try to price mine any higher than three ninety nine because I remember those days of going into a store and you know, man, I want to get this, you know, this book, but it's ten bucks, you know, oh you know. So I try to keep my books, you know, lower priced. And well so yeah, I mean you remember how much hardbacks cost? Oh yeah, they were oh like 20, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 crazy. I I think the economy affects everything. Well, oh yeah, it does affect everything. So it definitely. I, and I have noticed a lot of people um, have said their sales are down and stuff. It's hard. It's you know, and it's it's hard to keep momentum up to, if you don't have stories to tell and you're just doing this to make a living. <laughs> there's oh. Linda. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a rough way. Hey, Landa, um, that's a yeah. It's unless you're one of the few fortunate ones that market and you get books, it's hard to make a living. Uh, mm -hmm. E writer, it really is. Well, when people realize, that, I mean, that a lot a lot of times, like if you look at doing a magazine article or anything, just to kind of you know just make some extra cash, it's like you know, seven cents a, you know, a word. Right. And that's really not much at all. But I mean, historically writers have not made much. So I guess it's the norm. It's the people like, you know, Stephen King that aren't the norm. So everybody thinks they're the next Stephen King though. Exactly. I mean, I've got friends that make very good money doing indie books. They've got big fan bases and they have more than four books out, four or five books out, you know, and that's, that's the trick right now to be an indie writer is to find that fan base and put out as much content as you can. 
Mm-hmm. And I th- the more content you have, of course, you know, the more royalties you'll make and, and uh, you know, it's, it's better. Um, I, I really hit a lull in, in writing uh, in 2017 uh, when my dad passed because he was my biggest fan. And um, that really affected my writing for a year, a solid year. And then I wrote Zombie Island, and then I've struggled with writing stuff since. I've, I've wanted to cap off the Operation Zulu series, and um, I've, I'm about, I was like 25, 30K into it, and then I got rid of some of it. So I'm like about 15K into it, maybe. But I want it to be good. I already have the ending written, or the ending written up here. <laughs> but... Um, I just I want to I want it to be good. I don't want it to be just written to end the series because uh, yeah. I I owe it to the readers that like the series to give them something good. You know that, that's how I feel, and you know because I could write something right now and it'd be crap. Of course, some people yeah. think writing is crap, but I could write you know something that's just horrible right now and send it out there. You know, and here's the end of the series. You know, and I can move on to something else. But I, I'm, I don't want to do that. I understand. It's series are it's a you have to have a love affair with it, and it has to you have to feel it when you, for me I have to feel it. I have to be in the mood. I have to have the momentum up. It's like I've put my tapestry series on hold to work on this Kindle Vella because it's was almost done, and now I've gotten into it, and it's just taken a different turn. So, um, but yeah, I need to write my third book in the tapestry books to get, you know, to get it over with again, um, just to kind of wrap it up and to move on. But it's easier said than done for sure. Oh, yeah. Because you like, you don't want to send a turd out there. You know, yeah. and I, I know, I know like, in my head like what points I want to hit. I know where I want to go. I kind of know how I want to end it. But I'm one of those writers that I can do an outline, but I can't really, my characters kind of come to life in my head and they take different turns and choices than I necessarily would make on my own. So that's one of the problems that I have is the voices in my head have their own ideas. (laughs) Well, they do. They do. Um, When I wrote my first published book, um, Dead Island Operation Zulu, um, the main character there, Hell, um, he was going to be a character that I was going to make it to the end and be a, you know, and the book and the character said otherwise, you know? So then that affected me writing that whole dang series. I had to write it backwards, you know, the other books being prequels. So it's going to butt up the ending of the last book butts up to them going to the mission at the beginning. That's how it's going to end. And so I, I have that all mapped out. And, uh, but yeah, you're right. The characters just kind of, you know, lead you. Unless you are like, I'm just going to kill this person. Just for value. There's not many authors I can say this about, but your books are books I want to see on the big screen. (laughs) Thank you. You have such action sequences and every, I mean, and that's the great thing about having so many characters is you, it just enriches the story. And like I said, there's so much going on. I just, I want to see what could happen, you know, if it meets what I have in my head or, you know. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I thank you for that. Um, but I, um, I like big kids in my books. I, I do, and not just because you can, you have a bunch of people you can kill off, but just that you can have a bunch of different personalities to play off of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of realistically, when you're dealing in something like that, you're not just dealing with four people. Exactly. And that's one of the things I like about the genre that you write in is with a lot of the military, you have so many strong personality types that they play off each other so well and it enriches the story for me. Yeah, that's I like I like that. I like that. I like that in books I read. I like that in movies I see. I hate it when the characters don't have the camaraderie um, because it's obviously somebody that has never been in any kind of team situation. Be it, you know, uh, on a baseball team, uh, a fire team, you know, a uh, tug of war team, you know, it's they're all at each other's throats. And that does happen. People at each other's throat, but you suppress it to get the mission done or to get whatever, you know, you suppress that. You deal with each other till it's done. You may not talk to each other for a little bit after a while, but you always have each other's back. You know, you know that person has your back. And, uh, you know, you watch shows where it's not like that. And it's just, that just throws me for a loop. Well, that's one of the things I love about watching Weird is we can talk about this sort of thing. And, you know, we watched, um, it was it was the scary war movies that we watched. I think it was like the ghost movies and stuff. And we were really talking about how, you know, the ones that were better were the ones that they really had that banter back and forth. It didn't matter how bad the movie sucked. (laughs) It it enriched the story for us. And I think that's something that um, as writers and movie lovers that we have in common. Oh, you know, a movie movie could suck, but if it's got a few handful of uh, good zings, quips, or, uh, you know, okay, you know, I'll watch it. I'll give it a, you know, I'll give it a thumbs up. Hey, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) MVP, happy birthday to Tony. He had a birthday. Happy birthday, Tony. Uh, what, 21 now? You can drink legally? 21 and holding, right? <laughs> you can smoke those cigars now without looking over your shoulder. <laughs> over his shoulder. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. But um, stuff like that, just uh, it, it'll take you out of what you're reading or, or what you're watching. You know, it, it does to me. And uh, my wife is a she's prior military, too. She's in the Navy. She's more of a stickler. She's more of a stickler than I am she's a stickler for salutes and for standing at parade rest or at ease or whatever. She always, I, I, I never want to salute in front of my wife. Cause I know my wife I <laughs> never match my wife's expectations. <laughs> and I just give her an excuse. I was in the air force. You were in the Navy. We practiced saluting a little bit. We weren't always, you know, the Navy's old school, you know, they're, they've been around forever since, you know, but, um, so we're both sticklers when it comes to that, but you know, you let things slide in movies, I think more than in books. Um, because books, you want the author to kind of have their crap together and at least do some research, you know. Um, I and I'll let things slide too in some books, um, you know, calling a, a magazine a clip or a clip magazine or you know stuff like that I'll, I'll let it slip i mean i even sherry Cas castellano she's my uh, editor on salvation that i was writing and i called uh 
M14 and assault rifle. And it was just laziness on my part. And she wrote me back and said, you really want to call it? You really want to, you really want to go there? I said, no, 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 you're right. I just, <laughs> laziness in my writing. I am sorry. <laughs> uh, but I didn't want it to be, you know, because I had like M14 and then, or yeah, M mini 14. And I, I used like the same word, like two times in a row, you know, and I didn't want to use it a third time, you know, so I just went with a rifle or something like that. But anyway, yeah, that, that stuff does take you out. And I know you do your research on your stuff, and I know you've had experience in, uh, you know, you know your military, and that's great. And it shows in your books, too. Your books are a lot of fun. Your books are something that I might have read about, and I'm not, this isn't a bad thing, okay, because um, I don't want, I want to start that way. Um, I probably would have read about 15 years ago. Um, and then I, I kind of, because your books have some fantasy and um, elements in it, and for some reason, I stopped reading fantasy years ago. And then, you know, after reading your books, reading some of Joe's stuff, Joe Hansen's books, it's kind of got me back into fantasy. But your, your, your books are great. Your books should be up there with, um, God, I can't remember that series I read. She was a vampire hunter or something like that. But this was years ago. But same quality. Really good. You know. Well, thank you. That makes me just blush. No, 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 you are a, see, this isn't the pat each other on the back show, but I'm going to pat you on the back because really you're, you're a great writer. And that story you showed us the other day for you, the anthology, that was neat. I really like that. That's a bigger world. That yeah. World. And I think people listening right now would like that. Well, and I can, I can bring this up since we, we talk about this sort of thing, but you remember how I kept saying, I've been wanting to watch Stakeland and it was because yeah. I had that story in my head. And so I was wanting to go kind of get that dark vibe and just kind of see how, you know, it could be. And that's kind of, like I said, I had the story in my head and I was just playing around with it, but that's, that's part of my creative process is I listen to music obviously I watch a ton of crap movies, <laughs> you know, but, um, but that's the appreciation of the story. You know, I oh, love yeah. storytelling and oh, how, you know, you have them locked away in your head and you can't really give, I can't verbalize the stories. Like I can write them. Right. Right. I, I get that. I get that. Um, Cause I'm the same way. I think a lot of people are. Um, it stake land told a good story on a low budget mm -hmm. you know and see with you writing you could tell that story i'm not saying your story stake land but it's got the elements like we we're talking about you know and you could be a bigger budget and you did like that fight scene on the ice you know that that's a good that's the thing about writing and i've said this before is you just have an unlimited budget you know you could be there you could be the michael bay of writing you know and blow blow up the empire state building you know and uh have an airplane crash into the Titanic four, you know, you could do all that, right? You could do all that and in a book, in a movie, you could do that, but it'd probably be wonky CGI. Yeah. Takes you out in a book. You can write that and people, you know, if you're a good enough storyteller, you can capture people's emotions and their imaginations. Well, I've seen, I saw, um, what was it? Mark Tufo. They were going to make a, a series out of one of his shows and like, I saw some previews and I don't know whatever happened to it, but I, I don't either. Uh, that's probably in development hell. Like yeah. a lot of things, you know, you see, you know, they just, they get, 
held up in development for some reason or no, like David Simpson's David Simpson series. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see that. I'm I can't either. That, that's going to be cool. And, um, so who knows how long it'll take. And, you know, zombies still, zombies are still popular. They're not like they were, how many years ago was it? Um, 10 years ago when Walking Dead started? Am I, let me tell me, Tony, do you know? Um, Landon, do you know? Um, they were huge. You know, it was huge. Everything was zombies. Now in writing, you know, if you got that wave, you mm-hmm. know, if you were on the crest like JL Bourne, like Tufo, um, there's some other writers. Uh, they got that wave. Not saying that, I mean, they're great writers. Um, JL Bourne's one mm-hmm. of my, he brought me into writing with his books. I thought I could do a military, you know, zombie thing. And, uh, but I don't think there, it's like it is now. You still have a big fan base for zombies. But you don't have the ravenous. No. Well, I think, again, I mean, I was someone who was, you know, just reading, reading, reading zombie, zombie, zombie. And then when COVID happened, like I said, it was the start of every zombie book ever. <laughs> you know, it's like the flu. <laughs> yeah. And you li- and you kind of lived it in, in a little ways, you know, because you'd go to the store and there'd be nobody there. I'd drive to work. Well, I wouldn't drive to work. I wasn't working. At that time, I was happily retired. You, I drive down the road to go hunt for toilet paper, <laughs> and there'd be nobody. You know, there'd be a couple cars, where there'd be you know three or four dozen cars. You know, there there'd be a couple. You know, and it, it so it kind of trips you out, and it did get you in that mindset. And I, I into the world books, unless there's something that's really going to grab me, that I've kind of moved a little bit, just because of what we've been through. And now, I'm not saying we've been through. You know, some of us have had it worse than others, unfortunately. But we've been through, you know, wear a mask, stay home, you know. So it's not as intriguing <laughs> as it was when you're reading it in a book. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing that it the COVID pandemic showed me was that mankind will not survive a zombie outbreak because people just won't pay attention. I mean, we had so many people who it was in their face and they just, you know, for whatever reason, they just, um, like here, people didn't stay home. Yeah. You know, that was a big thing is people just, I mean, you, it was like, they thought it was a holiday. They were out shopping and, you know, and it's like, you know, you had one job, but, but the toilet paper thing, who could have seen that? I know, right? Right? It, it makes me paranoid now. I try to shop for toilet paper at least twice a month so we have reserves always. I know. Right? Just because it's just strange. And what's going on right now is, I don't know. We're living in strange. We're, what's that Chinese proverb? May you live in an interesting times. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you I saw get, my oh, list of stuff that happened in 48 hours last week that we're oh, going to talk about on Weird Wednesday. I hope you'll oh, be wow. there. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, it's not, a, I guess it's not a proverb. I think it's a curse. <laughs> but so, I mean, we are living in interesting times right now. And, and I'm not really that interested in them because they're not fun. It's not a fun time. No, it's not. It's a, it's a very dark time. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, when the Black Death went through um, Europe was the Renaissance happened. You know, people stayed home. They were home. They were creating. And I'm interested to see if we're going to have, like once all of this is over and, you know, everybody peeks their heads, you know, and, and is comfortable 
going out again like we were what's gonna what the art what the music what you know what's really going to come out because i think people are still kind of nervous oh i I, yeah they are i mean well at the uh guard shack i work at we've got we've had three or four people out this past month with covid Mm -hmm. taco bell was closed like the entire restaurant was closed because uh, they couldn't, they didn't have enough people for a shift because of COVID. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. You know, you go to these places now, and and um, they don't have enough work, or they're closed one day a week or two days a week because they don't have the staffing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just strange. It's just strange how things have shifted, and I think that's gone to like back to book sales too. You know, and people aren't buying a lot of frivolous stuff like they used to because they don't have the money. Yeah. You know. I got to pay to go to work or read a book. Well, you go to work to eat. <laughs> well, you have people. I mean, and, and I, I don't live in a state where that's, you know, known for having a lot of money. I live in Mississippi and, you know, it's, right. it's a very poor economic situation here. Not necessarily where I live. Um, I live outside of the capital city, but, you know, out in the Delta and all it is before COVID, it was like a third world country. And now you have, I mean, it really hadn't taken an impact, I guess, like it probably has places like New York, but the price of gas, you know, when you're making $7, $8 an hour and you're going, you know, to have to drive 45 minutes to go to work, you can't afford it. Oh yeah. And that's what people are, are running into is they can't afford, you know, to buy gas on what they make so so you, you've got to make you've got to shift your priorities unfortunately yeah. and it's not you know i hate it i hate it right now you know so but you know hopefully i don't know hopefully there'll be a change or we'll be writing true life apocalypse stories <laughs> no it will um, t- they know. say it's always um there's always chaos before a a great change happens and that's just where we are we're just in the chaos of the in-between yeah i am i am an optimist despite (laughs) my pessimistic tendencies (laughs) but um but no i think i think that i think we'll see like i said 2024 i think it'll i think we'll be out of the darkness i'm hoping me too but it's a long way away yeah yeah, some people write six, seven books in that, in that span of time. <laughs> I know. Um, our friend Scott Baker does it in you know a year. He writes. Oh yeah. How many books do you think he writes a year? I want to say six, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I think Something. so. It seems like he's always working on two or three. He amazes me, and the 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 variety of stuff that he writes is amazing too oh no he doesn't stick with one genre it's Mm-mm. he's all over the place with his genre me. yeah i really like his um paranormal salem um what is it oh yeah yeah salem's village and yeah the, witch, witch. the one that he just sent us it's really good he's he's just he's phenomenal but all of y'all are it's it's really um I feel like I'm writing with my heroes a lot of days with Joe and you and Rich and Scott and people like Jamie, you know, to be able to talk with y'all is, has been huge for me, you know? Well, we're not heroes. We're ordinary people. 
that's see that was my uh you know uh humble voice there <laughs> <laughs> no wait thank you for yeah you know hadley we're just just like you i mean uh, just we're people just like you no <laughs> but i mean just you know you write every you know anybody can write a story you know it's it's just um get it out there you know i'm no different than joe blow you know um I've always wanted to write. I wrote stories when I was a kid, you know, and uh, a lot of Star Wars ripoffs and stuff like that, you know, a lot of... Uh, it's I called fan big. fiction, Alan. That's what they call it now. <laughs> yeah. Fan fiction. Well, it wasn't, but it wasn't Star Wars. Is my take on, you know, I had a space uh, pirate and they were rescuing a, a princess and he had he didn't have a Wookiee, though. He had a human sidekick, you know, and, and so, but it was, you know, it was Star Wars. And then when the uh, big disaster movies came out, you know, Side Adventure, Tiny Inferno, Earthquake, and all that, I wrote a bunch of stories like that where there's tidal waves coming to hit the small island and the main characters, they own a helicopter uh, tourist business, right? And they're trying to outfly fly this tidal wave, you know. Um, that, was, that was pretty exciting there. But stuff like that, it was a lot of fun, you know. But Landa, you just... No matter how long it takes, you just you got idea put it to paper or computer or cyberspace, wherever people. A lot of people or, are doing voice to text. Yeah, I hate. You know what? I tried that, and I keep it keeps like auto correcting things. You know, and oh, I know. It makes no sense. You know, it's like oh, I got to go back. But I guess that's if you you invest in Dragon or something like that. I think. It's hey, nice. James. Hey, James. Thanks for joining us. Um, but yeah, I guess um, there's a couple guys in HWI that use that voice. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think Mike Evans does. Some of my friends that write nonfiction, they do it and they swear by it for me. Um, and yeah, Mike Evans is one, one that does. Um, my accent, it butchers certain words. Imagine ah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I feel like I was correcting myself more than I was talking. So, but I'll do it. I found um, it helped me with that short story that I did for HWI. It helped me get started. And I think that's the thing is it in the beginning, it helps me get to that place where then I can just pick up and go. Yeah. But, um, but I, I did spend a lot of time correcting it, but that was something because I didn't think I'd be able to participate in that anthology that, you know, I was, I really put myself on a, you know, short leash to try right. and get it written. Um, because originally it was supposed to be done, what was it, April? And that's when I was working for the disaster place and I just couldn't take off because I was trying to get everything done before storm season started. And um, man, once I, I talked with Jamie and she was like, oh, you can just take your time. We have, we've, we've <laughs> kind of loosened up our or thing I was like okay well I'm gonna get it done as soon as possible because I don't want to hold up progress and I think that um that helped me get it done well you know I really wanted to be part of that now was it just talk to text on your phone or was it a program no no I was just my on my word perfect oh, okay it'll it'll do but again it word has trouble with the southern accent so or slang like I'm not lexical. sure commercial <laughs> they're trying to talk to alexa <laughs> it's either like an english guy or something <laughs> but, well, 
but you don't want to hear me talk about my legs because she'll start talking. <laughs> yeah, I I was I had this short story about man eh, about a third of the way done for that, and then I I can't find it. I cannot find it. I don't know what happened to it. I cannot. I've been looking for it. I looked in all my docs, my goo, everything, and I can't find it. This it's like oh, I I'm done. And, and did I, you I, did you do it in your Google Docs? I thought I did, but I couldn't find it anywhere in my Google Docs. And it, I, what I think I did is I went through my Google Docs and Google Docs, and I had um, a lot of stuff because I had a lot of garbage in there, and um, I think I might have trashed it. So. Oh no! And it's been over. 30 did days. you email it to anybody? No. Oh. No. I wasn't finished with it. Still, so, you know. And it was going to be an awesome story. In, involves uh, space mercenaries and uh, swamp monsters <gasps> that that went away. So I, it's probably the best story I was ever going to write. Hey, buddy. Hey. hey. Say hi to Hadley. Hi. And everybody out there, say hi, Brady. He's something so big. I know. He just got back from school. Well, he looks he's, like he's grown a foot. He has. He's getting huge. Yeah, there you go. See you later, buddy. Yeah, he just got back from school. Um, <laughs> thanks, Whit. Um, so yeah, it was gonna be the best story I ever wrote, but it's gone now. So I guess I have to try and write something else. I would be f- calling Google. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I'm real bad about that. I I had bought a brand new computer last. Um, well, it was in 2020. Uh, I brought a brand new laptop. Got started. That was this was when I was I was starting my book. And I had probably 10 chapters done, and the dogs broke the laptop screen. Oh, wow. They they knocked it off the table. It fell, and when it fell, it shattered the whole screen. And I took the laptop, because it was just a little cheap laptop, and I took it to the guy at the store, and he was like, it's going to cost $500 to fix it. Well, that's what I paid for it. So I was like, I'll just get a new one. I'll just... You know, because I want to, I want to take advantage of the momentum I had going. Oh, but yeah. yeah, so I've got, I've got, a, I call it, a, it's like a cemetery of laptops back in another room that's got all kinds of stories started on it. But for one reason or another, um, they're locked in the vault of the, and that's why I use Google now to write. Yeah, I'll, I'll move it over to um, Word when I'm finished, but I usually start in Google and keep it there. I, I have no clue where it's at. It's hey, really- Mark. Hey, Mark. And Mark's tuned in and naked. Good, Mark. It's hot. It is hot. It is hot. It's hot in my office garage. We're yeah. having we're having a cold front in Mississippi. It's ninety three degrees. <laughs> With no humidity, right? Oh gosh. If you only knew, I have just enough curl in my hair to like make me look like a shaggy alpaca when the humidity's <laughs> up, up like it is. That's what Tina, when she lived in Mississippi, she used to say that it just hair would frizz out, you know. And this was the the uh, late eighties, so. Oh yeah, I remember. I hate that Tina lived in Mississippi, and I didn't know her. <laughs> I didn't we, know. We would have had so much fun. That's too much. Um, but yeah, um, I bet you look at any writer's uh, computer, and there's probably at least a dozen stories that are started, you know, but not finished. Yeah, yeah. That's what I we've hate. We've done that. We've done that at least two times. We did um, 
what two or three different stories we were going to write the collective the hive mind of weird and um we've started a couple of things and we've we've had some great stuff submitted too but we just you know life happened and we all did stuff you know went in different directions you know it's hard when you do a collaboration when we did that um five roads to texas collaboration with uh lundy uh born uh johansson uh brian parker rich baker um aj did a solo he he did the cover and stuff but he didn't do a story in the first book but he did a story in one of the following books um it was it was it was uh weird because we were all i would love to read campus <laughs> maybe someday i'll get that out there tony um thank you um but that was weird because we all you know we're all lived in different parts of the u.s and uh we would write it send it to each other and okay okay you know so that was i've had a couple of people ask me to collaborate and i'm not a good collaborator just because i'm not a i'm not a fast writer you know and so i don't like to collaborate with people that i did with them um because i, I just i don't want to let people down you know oh. i don't want to let you down i don't want to drag you down i want you you know find somebody that will help will push you up I won't help push you up. I will drag you down because of my time frame. Well, back in the dark ages, when I first started um, on the internet, I found a group. It was a play by email. And you join this group of, and it's almost like Dungeons and Dragons type writers, but they, you would have different scenarios that, you know, like this is, this is what we're doing. This is the campaign and this is what we're going to do. And the, you'd only have to write a paragraph or two, and then you'd send that, and it was just an ongoing collaboration. And that was the most fun, and that's really what got me started believing I could write. Because I'd always love to read, and I always loved to write, but I just like wrote notes to my friends and tell them stories about the crazy stuff we did on the weekend, or you know, just little funny things. And so this was forcing me to create characters and you play around with character sheets. I'd never played Dungeons and Dragons, like I said, so it wasn't because of that. But, you know, I always liked fantasy. And then, you know, like I found one, it was called like Badger's Pass, and it was a Western. And you create a character and, it, you know, go into the saloon and, you know, you meet the other characters. And it was a lot of fun. And that's kind of where um, I would like to see us do something like that, where you don't have to write a page or five pages. You just have to write a little bit just to keep the story going, just to see what we could create, you know? That'd be funny. That'd be funny. Have you, like, in talking about characters, um, it, when I first was writing, uh, I let Tina read some, I actually falling darkness. The one I just pulled from Bella that I'm going to write, make it to a book instead. Um, I had written that book, but it's, I've can't, I mean, there's a lot of it that I don't use on it anymore because I was 26, 27 at the time when I wrote it. And a lot of the stuff I hadn't, I hadn't researched that, you know, it just, it just, it worked for me when I wrote it, but now looking back at it, it, you know, anybody reading sci-fi would be like, ah, you know, um, that doesn't work. So I, that's why Falling Darkness, it's already been written, you know, 20 some odd years ago, but I have to go back and spruce it up and spruce up the characters because Tina would read, she would proof my, read my books and she, 
see, these guys are all, all your characters are like this. You know, they're just all straight. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and so I was like, okay. And uh, that helped with my character development because if you look at my characters now, I've got some crazy ass characters in my <laughs> stories. You know, Dirty Sanchez. Uh, I don't know if you read that one, uh-huh. but but the Anna, the uh, the goat lover. Uh, people were like look at me like, are you weird? You know, no. I just thought it was me. It was funny, and that character was based on Danny Trejo, and um, I just pictured Danny Trejo in that in that as that character, you know? So if you ever read dose again or whatever, you read dose, Danny Trejo is dirty Sanchez, but I want to get copies of everybody's books to have in my library because y'all matter so much to me. And, you know, so that's something that I really want to do. Scott Baker's going to break me. My bank is all his. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. I'll send you, I've got, I don't have dead Island, but I've got, um, copies of uh, most of the books. I'll send you some. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll even, you know, I'll even autograph them. <gasps> autograph by my favorite authors. That's so cool. <laughs> you know, okay, the strangest thing to me was we went to Nashville, all the Falun Express guys, um, and we were going to go to uh, Walker Stalker. They had a Walker Stalker there, and we, we had booths and everything set up, you know, paid for and everything we're going to do. And the week before we were going, they canceled it. Um, it was something to do with the people that were running it. Excuse me. Money situation. It was, there's nasty. If you look at Walker, Walker Stalker, there's some things that happen there that are really, I don't know. But anyway, so they told us the week before, it's not on. But we all had our, our reservations at the Gaylord Hotel there in, in Nashville, which is an awesome hotel. You ever go stay in Nashville, stay at the Gaylord. It's like an, uh, it's like a, a playground for adults, man. It's got this huge atrium uh, and all these restaurants and bars inside and a, a, a little river that goes through and you can ride boats through it and it's got a water park. It's awesome. Anyway, so we decided what we'll do is we'll have our own meet and greet, a Found Express meet and greet. Hey, Whitney. Hey, Whitney. Good to see you, Booger. And um, we'll have our own meet and greet. So we went ahead and we got a space in their big atrium. And we, people that were showing up for Walker Stalker, because there are still people that didn't know it was canceled because they canceled it last minute. They came over and they, some of them knew who some of us, you know, um, like JL Bourne, Lundy, you know, and uh, they bought our books, took pictures with us. That's the weirdest thing is people taking a picture with you. I, I had a couple ladies come over and take pictures with me, you know, and buy my books and stuff. And um, of course, I did the Keanu Reeves thing, you know, I just had my arms, you know, down and. My wife's like, uh-huh. Tina's like, uh-huh. <laughs> Tina's like, Basically, I don't want to have to cut me one, Alan. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, she's got pictures somewhere of it. But it's just the weirdest thing. It was it was really cool, you know. Um, I, I can't say this enough. I appreciate fans of the series. I really do. People that buy my stories, you know, or read my stories, or which, however you get them, and enjoy them, I, I really appreciate Even if you don't enjoy them, I really appreciate that you try it and look at it i had a guy do a review once and he all he read was cookbooks and stuff and he left a review and um he said you know this book had too much blue language for me you know and i think he gave it a two-star or whatever and um i i, I appreciated that guy read it i mean it was he stepped out of his comfort zone you know he reads cookbooks and he tried my book 
And it makes you wonder what did he know you? Well, I think he knew a friend of mine, and I think a friend of mine talked 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 it up to him, and I think he tried it, and it wasn't for him, you know. I I I read about making tacos and casseroles, you know, but you know it was cool that he tried it. It wasn't for you. Well, that's how I feel. It's it's all about the fact that someone wants to buy into my world of of make believe. You know, it is just kind of awesome. So I can see. It is. It is. It it amazes you that people are in your headspace too. You know that they'll they're like, yeah, man, I I like this book with this guy that uh, puts wigs on goats. You know, I mean, it just it it's like, yes, all right, we can be brothers and sisters. You know, so it, it just amazes me, and I, I I I feel blessed and lucky that I have people out that will read it. And, and pay their hard-earned money. Yeah. It amazes me. It's still, you know, my fans, fans aren't just, fans of my work are not just my mom and dad. You know, there are other people out there that are normal. I think normal. Are you guys normal? I don't know. But anyway, it just amazes me. I was going to say, we got three people in the room, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not normal. That, that Mark and Landa, is Tony still here? Yeah, they're not normal. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's cool, and I know you, Hattie, I know you feel the same way. You know, it's just, uh, it's it's great to have people going. Well, world. that's that's one of the things I love about reading my, you know, friends' books is it gives me insight into how your brain works. Yeah, you know, and it's you know, that's and I know that you've heard me, you know, sing the song of Rich Rasucci, but. I'm not one to remember the names of authors or musicians. You know, if I like a song, I'll make an effort if I want to, you know, get the CD or whatever. That's that's how old I am, people, CDs. Um, but, you know, I made a point to remember his name because I liked the book so much. And it was, it wasn't because it, it was about zombies. It was about the way he wrote the characters. Oh, yeah. It was very sarcastic and it was very, the humor just translated. And I really, I thought, I want to keep up with who this guy is. And that was why I remembered him. And then, I mean, it was, you know, you kind of think you're going to meet somebody like this. They're probably going to be a, you know, a hole. And Rich is one of the nicest, most genuinely pleasant people I think I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Rich is great. Rich is great. Well, and you are, too, because you really brought this team together, by the way. The weird team really owes it all to you. You really well, brought a great team together. I was that kid in junior high and high school and in my early 20s, not kid, I, but the person that I wanted all my friends to hang out with each other. And it works sometimes, but most times it doesn't work, you know, because you're, you, you like this friend for this reason, that friend for another reason and some of them don't gel you know some don't like sports some love sports you know some are some are you know womanizers and others are like hey you know i'm not like that you know it just and me i just like everybody to get together and hang out and be a happy family well it's it doesn't always work that way you know we're humans and i think with you know rich scott you and i i think it works great, you know, because uh, I, I didn't know. I, I mean, I'd met Rich a few times, you know, on, on the Internet, like we do these days. And I really liked him. And I thought he'd be great, you know, when we we're doing this show, you know, because we we're looking for someone else. And 
um, I'm glad he said, yeah, you know, I tried to get him on one of our panels before. I think it was, was it the army of the dead panel? One of those panels. Yeah. And he couldn't do it. He really wanted to. And, um, I'm just glad that he said yes. Uh, watching weird and Scott, you know, Joe Hanson. Joe Hanson has been an incredible asset to our team. <laughs> Joe, Joe, let me tell you something about Joe. I love Joe. Joe's great. Um, when we went to Nashville, um, he was kind of leery of my wife. He was kind of trying to push her buttons. It was is really funny. Um, like my wife hates country music. In my family history, my uncle was one of the co-founders of the Bakersfield Sound. Um, so I love country music. My wife, my wife hates it. And it just, so we were trying to go into the Grand Ole Opry. I'm like, yeah, let's go, you know. And Tina didn't want to go. So I'm like, I really want to go. And I was like, okay, okay. And then Joe's like, no, nah, I'm buying us tickets. I'm, and he knew, he knew. And he bought tickets and for all of us. And we went to the Grand, and just trying to push her buttons. And Joe and Tina love each other. I, I mean, they, it was one of those things at first, you know, they were like, you know, but they, they love it. They get along. Tina thinks Joe's great, you know, cause I was a little worried. I'm like, you know, and, but Joe, Joe just, uh, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a big teddy bear, you know, but it's fun. He is. And he, y'all have something very special. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but sure, I want to know. But y'all have something very special. <laughs> kind of feel like he's a little bit threatened by Rich every now and then. But, uh, well, he's funny. And you know what? We need to convince him to get a good microphone. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to get him to get. He's like, there's nothing wrong with my microphone. Joe, you sound like you're in a tin can. But yeah, you no, know, Joe's great. I love working with him. Um, and he's good at interviewing people and well y'all have done a phenomenal job with um lowballing with joe oh thank you it's it's fun the people he gets really surprised me uh dj moles uh nick cole if you guys don't know who nick cole is he's got the galaxy's edge series and uh he's really a neat guy he has his own podcast and uh, uh i'm trying to think who else franklin horton you know he's got a big series tom abraham he's got some big series out there so we've had some some you know, big names on there in the indie world. And some of those guys even have trade books out there. So we're, we're looking. Um, and we had that show with all of us watching weird that he did, you know, low balling. That was fun. That's always a good time talking with, with you guys. Always. You know, Scott cracks me up because I knew Scott from the internet a little bit. And I was like, you know, CIA guy, you know, and, and you get to know Scott and he's just, he's a big and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but goofball. I mean, <laughs> he's a lot of fun. He's got this big bag of dad jokes that he carries with him. And I love it. I, 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 Scott's fun. I'm glad Scott's fun. All the ladies yeah. love Scott Baker. Oh, I can see that. I, I love he, They love they to talk with him. him. Um, and they, this is the, these are the weird ladies. The weird ladies all love him. <laughs> they love all of y'all. But Scott really, I mean, he, he just... Scott's fun. I, I really like Scott. Um, I, I really like Rich. I really like you. I mean, it's, it's a good team of people. You need to meet some of the other ladies more often, but um, it's a good group. It's a good group. And we, we have fun and, and we have fun with the people that join us. 
Mm -hmm. All our, all the regulars, I want to call them regulars because we, you know, you're there with us and uh, we really appreciate you. And sometimes we can't get to your questions. It's weird because they'll pop up. Like you'll ask a question. They'll pop up a little later. You know, it depends on if somebody, um, pushes the button to show them or not and then like the delay is like that's when it like does it by itself i think and we're not we're not ignoring anybody it's just that's it you know it's just the way it happens you know now we need to get a moderator to help us out because just to keep track of the the questions and all but i mean we're still little we're still working our bugs out but we do have a shop now yes we do did you see that i got you some hats yeah, I saw that. Those are cool. Yeah. Those are cool. This, you know what? I had this hat made here, and I had like two dozen made. That's this, cool. was, this was when um, Ravenous came out, the last book. I think that was 2017, 16, something like that. Anyway, it was, it ran me like 400 bucks for that run of hats. And I gave them, I gave them all away. I sold a couple, I think, but I gave most of them away to people. There's people out there that have these hats. And uh, I'd love to do it again, but it was so expensive. But they're nice quality hats. Well, if you would like to add some to our gift shop, you are more than welcome. I think, I think yeah, I think I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that because Teespring, I had, a, I had a local place to do it. Because Teespring, they weren't doing hats at that time. I don't know if they are still. Because they, they were doing a lot of my merchandise, Teespring. Well, we're going to have to start giving Weird Realities t-shirts away because I have a box full of those t-shirts. We've, they've got to leave my house. Those are nice t-shirts, too. Yeah. I wore mine the other day somewhere. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, but we we need to start doing more giveaways. But we do have the shop up, and we are officially partnered with Wearing the Folk now. I don't know if you saw that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're officially partnered with them and, of course, with Horror Writers, Inc. And I am... And if you know anybody that would like to be listed on our link page, just let me know and we'll get them added. I'm trying to add our friends and supporters. Mark Eady, um, his Nightlight show with Barbara DeLong is listed on there. And our friends over at Three Beards are listed. And we've got D.W. Wits or Hits. I can't. Jay Bauer. Sylvester Barzi, all those guys, we've got them listed too. Good. So we're we're making strides. Being yeah. unemployed is working for me on one level. <laughs> Getting all my checklist done. But yeah. well, I've chatted your ear off, and I was only going to talk to you for thirty minutes, and we've almost gone to an hour. Oh wow! So, yeah, it's always fun to talk to you, Alan. Well, thank you. It's always fun to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about this week's um, movies. By the way. Uh, you know, I watched Children of the Corn um, last night. Um, did it hold up? Parts of it did, but the ending, I didn't remember the ending. It's definitely different than the, the uh, short story that King wrote. And it's definitely different than a lot of the uh, sequels, the 200 sequels they made. So, and reboots. So. Well, I haven't watched any movies on my list for this week, but over the weekend, I did watch 47 Meters Down Uncaged, just to kind of keep with my deep house terror that I had going on. I scared myself so bad. I dropped the remote. It hit the wood floor. Boudreaux, the other two dogs, all jumped out of their skins. They're like, what the heck? So I will say that um, I enjoyed 47 Meters Uncaged, which Tony, Tony had said it was a good one, and I have to agree. It was good. It was better than the first one. Yeah, I've got to watch that one too because that's 
the week after next. Yeah. yeah. I like having them all done ahead of time so I can just watch them when I'm in the mood for it. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. Um, so it's Evil Kids this Thursday, folks. Yeah, yeah. Evil Kids. Um, Orphan. Oh, I'm sorry? Orphan is one. Um, Brightburn. The yeah. Omen. The Omen and Children of the Corn. The original Omen and the original Children of the Corn, if you're going to watch them and, you know, join us, please do. We always appreciate it. It's always a good time. Yep. Yeah. And thanks for joining us this afternoon. It's kind of a surprise, but Alan was available. And so I thought we would just have some fun, go live and say hi to everybody. So. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Until Wednesday night, we're doing our, our weird Wednesday starting at. Nine Eastern, eight Central, and six Pacific. Is yes. that right? Yes. So be there. We're going to be talking about weird stuff that happened last week from CERN rebooting to the assassination of the Japanese prime minister, which was kind of kind of yeah. weird. But be there or be square. Until then, we'll see you. Later on. Thank you.